Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is primarily about music and creative culture in London and just in general. Mm-hmm. 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 Just taking a slight sip of water there. Been quite. Ep- I've been quite excited to record this episode, strangely enough. There are no conversations or interviews on it, though, but... It is a subject that's been on my mind for quite a while now. So, I mentioned in the last episode that Wolf Alice had recently won the Mercury Award for Best Album, Best British Album, I think it's Best British and Irish Album of the Year for their second album, Visions of a Life. Now, I've never been the biggest Wolf Alice fan, but I've always recognised they are very good. This may be not quite my taste. But for a while now, I don't know where to start with this whole topic, actually. The topic I want to talk about in this episode is live performances, particularly ones that are available to watch on YouTube. I I always tend to go through cycles of getting obsessed or really into a particular aspect of music. The earliest one I can think of, at least with regards to the internet, where you go down rabbit holes, etc. I was really, really interested in... Radiohead around the release of In Rainbows because they were releasing these coded messages that people were trying to figure out. Then I discovered this website. I don't know if it still exists, but it's called citizeninsane.eu and it had it was filled with trivia about their earlier albums. Then after that, there was a time when I was really into... Well, I'm still really into, but I was really just searching everything about the strokes and there was a website called... There's still a website called she's fixing her hair dot co uk that really helped facilitate that deep interest because it had a massive archive of interviews and photo shoots and videos and articles and everything so you could really deep dive into it most recently it's been about uh, live performances whether it be someone's show or their performance at a festival and it's mainly been because I imagine myself playing at such a, in such a position, and I imagine the set list that I would play. And Wolf Alice have been on that list of shows that I've, Like, I've got a massive playlist on YouTube. I think it's about maybe a hundred and something videos now, filled with videos of people's set lists, whether it's at festivals or it's their own show, etc. And I've picked out a few that were quite notable to me for different reasons. So the first one is Interpol Live... At La Route du Rock 2001, and it was posted by an uploader called Brother Space Hood. Interpol Live at La Route du Rock 2001 by Brother Hood. And the reason this one's quite notable is because the singer, Paul Banks, is clearly very drunk. There's one song in particular, I think there's a few moments, but the second song in the set list, I think it's the second song, is called Obstacle One. And If you know the song, you'll very quickly recognise when he has gone off script and is just doing his own thing. To his credit, he still plays his parts very well. It's just the singing gets a little bit rogue at certain parts during the set list. It's entertaining as a performance, a little bit funny, but it's still a good show. And bear in mind that he must have been about 23 at the time and playing to quite a large audience. I always wonder what that must feel like, mainly because it's something I, at this point, I can never experience being in your mid or early 20s and already playing to a massive crowd 
what that must do to the ego. According to the book Meets Me in the Bathroom, there was a lot of alcohol and drug use taking place around this period of Interpol's career, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was why he was a little bit off book with his performance, but he still managed to pull it off. So that's the first one, Interpol Live at La Route du Rock 2001. The second is Arctic Monkeys Transmit Festival 2018, posted by Natalia Mendez. Transmit spelled T-R-N-S-M-T. That's a festival in Scotland. I don't think Arctic Monkeys had played in Scotland for a while. This was around the release. So the Interpol one is before they released their first album, early in their career, which is always interesting to see about artists who have now become big, watching performances of theirs from earlier in their career and seeing that even then they had what it takes. It just took time for them to get there. I hope this is loud enough because my phone is on the table. Maybe I should hold it. Yeah, we'll hold it. It's cool. We can work with it. So, first it was Interpol, then Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys, I don't think, had been to Scotland for a while. This was around the release of their most recent album at time of recording this called Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, and the crowd sings every single word. If you know Arctic Monkeys, you know there are a lot of lyrics in their songs. Alex Turner is a borderline rapper in places with his delivery. He just fills every beat with as many syllables as he can quite often. The crowd matches him word for word, and the crowd is often as loud, if not louder, than him. Even the old deep cuts, like I think it's called. Red lights indicate doors are secured. Nope. I can't remember what it is. It's the one that starts, these two bounces and one of them's alright, the other ones are scary and his way are no way totalitarian. Any fans of Arctic Monkeys will instantly know not only that song, but how the rest of that verse goes. And everyone in the crowd knows every word. That song must have come out almost ten years ago. The crowd looks relatively young as well. Like, most of them were probably, like, ten, eleven or something when that album came out, but they absolutely love it. At one point, the camera cuts to... Scottish actor Robert Carlyle, who is backstage-ish or side of stage watching the show, and there's just he's he's beaming with pride, as if <laughs> he he's the older generation watching the younger generation have their own band. I can imagine he's remembering the bands he saw at that age and loving every second, and he's happy to see the newer generation has their own bands who do that for them. So, second is Arctic Monkeys at Transmit Festival. The next one is Reading Festival 2014, the 1975 on Radio 1 NME stage, posted by Reading Festival 2014. I guess it's somewhat official. This video has a set... It's a, short, it's a shorter set list because I think it was around the release of their first album, so they're midway on the bill, but the set list is just filled with all of my favourite songs by this band. The City, Settle Down, Heart Out, Girls, Chocolate, Sex, and it is just an absolute relentless flurry of hit after hit after hit. The tent is clearly packed. They're singing every word as well. It looks like an absolutely fantastic time. And it's filmed in such a way, similar to the Arctic Monkeys one, where if you put your headphones in loud enough, you can almost feel as if you were there with them, and it just looks absolutely insane. A band on top of, on top of their game, and they know it. The singer Matty comes out in this weird brown suit, but without a shirt underneath. It should look like the most ridiculous outfit ever, but he just pulls it off. Yeah, that's another one. Next, it's Wolf Alice, Reading Festival 2018, full set HD, posted by P-MoreX21. I'm kind of trying to read out the full title and the full name of the uploader, in case anyone listening to this wants to go and check them out for themselves, assuming they are still available, because sometimes these shows get pulled off. Hopefully not. Hopefully not, because I'm saying the full name. We'll see. 
yeah, this again, Wolf Alice, this is them this year, so after both of their albums have come out. Again, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I appreciated their, that they are a very good band. But I think there's something about when a band wins an award that makes you see them in a new light. And it's almost like not liking something until the cool friend in your group says they like it. And then you go, oh, I like it too. Which is a bit strange to admit, but I, I, there's an effect to it. Hopefully they'll see a bit of a sales bump as well. I read an article that said... I think they are back up to number two in the chart or something. I might be wrong. But, yeah, congrats to them again for winning that award. And watching that show again, it's like, yeah, yeah, they, they've got the chops. And I just, I guess I just didn't see it previously, but now I do. And, yeah, fantastic performance all around. Ellie is a hell of a singer. There's so many singers who have cancelled tours or cancelled dates because their voice goes or health problems. I can't remember a time when Wolf Alice have done so for Ellie. Credit to her talent. So, Wolf Alice at Reading Festival this year, 2018. Next, it's LCD Sound System Live at Best Kept Secret Festival 2018, posted by B-Y-R-D-K-I-T-T-I. The main reason I chose this video is because I saw them live at a festival whose name I cannot remember, but it's on one of these episodes. They played the song Tonight from their most recent album, American Dream. has a bit of an extended outro with a really deep, fuzzy bass that just absolutely kills. And this is the only video, or the most immediate video I could find that has a performance of that song as well. Highly recommend it, if only for that song. But they are the kind of band who, they're one of my favourite live bands. I saw them back in the days I went to Reading Festival. The show was so good, about three quarters of the way through I realised with my friends we hadn't looked at the stage once, we'd just been too busy dancing and enjoying ourselves. That's kind of similar to the type of show I'd like to put on someday where the music's just so good we just keep it going. Moving swiftly on, because I don't want this to be too long of an episode. So, next it's Hot Chip, Full Set, Pitchfork, Paris 2013, posted by Pitchfork themselves. And again, mainly for one song called Flutes, which is an absolutely underrated smash hit of a dance tune. And I highly recommend checking it out just for that one song alone. And again, it's the most immediate video I could find that had them performing that song live. I love that song. I love their performance of it. Worth checking out. Next it's Phoenix, Culture Box. Like it's just just search for Phoenix Culture Box Culture Box one word C U L T U R B O X posted by Culture Box, and they this is for their most recent album, the name of which escapes me. Oh my goodness. Uh, Tiamo. It's called Tiamo, and their set design for this tour is they are on a stage that is lit, so the animations etc are under their feet and the floor is lighting up, but they have this huge mirror hanging behind them that reflects what's going on under their feet. So there are interesting designs in their lighting that interact with where they walk, but you see them and the set and the animations behind them on that mirror, which is fantastic. When I saw them live with Ben, who's been on the podcast before, we were at the very front row and we could just about see ourselves in that mirror before the band started. So I tried to get a Mexican wave going with the crowd and we could watch it in the mirror. Such a fantastic live show. They have an amazing catalogue of songs. Again, just hit after hit after hit, and that set design is fantastic. Yeah, I've got my bass plugged in. I'll play a little bit later. So that was Phoenix Culture Box. Just search for that. Next, it's the 1975 Vivo O2. If you just search for that, you'll find their full, I think it's like an hour, almost two-hour-long show. Whole thing after their two albums. Self-titled, and I love it when you sleep, for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it. Boy, that's a long one. And... The previous video I mentioned, it's just their first album, the self-titled. This one, it's the two albums, they're headlining, two-hour show. They go all out. The crowd absolutely loves it. 
But for me, it was the set design. Again, particularly in the song Medicine, which is there. They go off and then come back to do an encore. And Medicine is the first song they do of that encore. Hope I'm not speaking too fast. And the set design, the background, looks like a, a cityscape at night. We see all the streetlights and so on. And it's absolutely gorgeous. You forget they're playing on a stage. It looks so fantastic. That's the 1975 playing at the O2 in London for the for Vivo. And if you search for that, you should find it. Next, it's The Strokes playing their MTV $2 show, MTV $2 bill show. It's filmed, this was recorded, I believe, in like 2001, maybe 2002, but it's filmed as if it was recorded in the 70s. They have a light-up stage, they're in the rounds, which means the crowd surrounds them, and it just looks really cool. Again, according to the book Meet Me in the Bathroom, apparently this was a real turning point for turbulent times for the band. And maybe the performances aren't the best, but this is just... If you've ever wondered what is it about the strokes that everyone loves to talk about that makes them so cool, just watch that video. And you, When they are performing, they are untouchable. There's also clips of that performance in their videos for... Uh, hard to explain. And again, they just look so unbelievably cool. Next, it is, once again, the 1975 playing stage on 6th for Paste Magazine. This was, I think, 2013, possibly before the debut album. And again, this is where you're seeing a band who are big now in their early stages. And again, you can see the signs that this is a band that's going somewhere. At some point, the singer Matty says they aren't playing any of their own equipment. I think their equipment got lost in transit or something. They have some slight issues with the sound guy, whereas I think they paused midway through the set between songs saying, uh, that's not me, like, the feedback isn't me, I can hear everything okay, just making sure, like, just general, you know, run-of-the-mill technical issues, but Matty and his charisma, like, he rides that wave just fine. It, you can see that it's, it's a bit of a fuss, but it doesn't stop the momentum of the show, and their performance is still absolutely top-notch. I can imagine whether or not that music is of your taste, you must have left that show thinking, yeah, they'll probably be a bit of a big deal this time next year, because they are just... They really give it their all on stage. And special mention for well, Foo Fighters, who I saw not too long ago at London Stadium. I've mentioned that quite a few times. If you search, I think the episode is called Thank You Starcrawler on my podcast. Absolutely amazing show. Uh, and also the YouTube channel Daniel Kirby. Kirby spelt K-I-R-B-Y. So a person who lives in LA goes to smaller shows and tends to film the entire set of many performers, many lesser-known performers. Again, if any of them get big, his videos are the kind that you could go back to and see an artist earlier in their career. And I just appreciate how regularly they upload new shows. They, I guess similar to me, if not better than me, they go to a lot of shows, film them all, upload them all. I can only imagine how much hard drive space that must take up. I've spoken to a few people on this podcast who do something similar in London. I can't remember which episode of who they were, but feel free to look through my back catalogue. Yeah, I guess I have a back catalogue to see them for yourself. So, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, the reason why, one of the reasons why I tend to... I have such a large playlist of other people's shows is because I imagine what my set list would be. So, watching Wolf Alice, Reading 2018... As well as it being great that people put up the shows, there are also, if it's not in the little uh, episode uh, video notes for the video, often someone will comment with the entire set list and timestamps for where to skip forward to any particular song. 
For that show, Reading 2018, Wolf Alice play 15 songs. So I watched the full thing this morning and I imagined what my 15 song set list would be. And that's why I've got my bass guitar plugged in. Because I'm going to very quickly like fast forward through what my 15 song set list would be. Very quickly, because a lot of these songs, like, I feel as though, like, I feel as though in the progression of what I'm doing, coming up with a set list and then completing all of those songs such that you could play that set list, they all have lyrics, they all have the different guitar parts, etc., is a goal towards which you can work. It's a, it's a way to focus your efforts towards progression instead of just working on a whole bunch of different songs and never taking one step in lots of different directions so you end up still in the same place. You can take lots of steps in one direction so there's some actual progression happening. So my 15-song set list would sound a bit like this, and I realise a lot of this won't make much sense to anyone listening now, but who knows, if I get to the point where I can play this set list, much like I'm saying how it's interesting to watch videos of artists earlier in their career, artists who are now big, Maybe someone could listen back to this podcast in a year, two years, how many years' time, and be and be impressed that even back at this point, I was already thinking about what that set list would be and how much I stayed to that idea or how much I strayed, who knows. But, so, the, the songs don't really have names, but again, you won't know what they are anyway. So, the first one would be, Ghosts Keep Appearing. They're the ones steering everything into the abyss of... I'm getting into it and could just play the whole song, but I'll try and keep this a bit swifter for each one. So that song actually has lyrics and all the different instrument parts arranged. So that's a song I could perform live with a full band if I just, you know, taught them the parts, etc. The next song is the one that goes... I'm singing because that doesn't have lyrics, but all the guitar parts worked out. But the bass line, for the most part, is it goes... Song number two. Song number three is uh, It's Never You to Start With, which would go, I think, on the bass. Ah.
one that I played at an open mic, and I can't can't remember which episode. Maybe in the show notes, I part of the episode where I played that song. But it was when I talked to Travis and Izadi Izadi that episode when I just put my performance at that open mic on the end of the episode. I play that song. So if you want to hear that one in its most full form so far, go to the episode. The next one is uh, it goes like this. <laughs> You won't even know what that song is anyway, but that's the next one. Then it's uh... some cars in their wing mirrors that let you see behind you there'll be a sign that says I think it's in trucks or maybe where there's a sign on those wing mirrors that says objects may appear larger than they actually are in the mirror something similar is true of the music I'm playing right now like I'm playing them a bit shorter a bit quicker etc just to try and get through them all that song I played in yesterday's episode when I was talking about the seven song set list because when you start what I've noticed with all the bands I'm seeing who um, I'm I don't go to bigger shows that much now, mainly because it costs too much. And I'm quite enjoying going to smaller shows with bands I don't already know and being pleasantly surprised or discovering something new. Those bands tend to play seven-song set lists. They get about half an hour each. Typically, it'll be the first band's on at half ten. Sorry, the first band's on at half eight. Next band's on at quarter past nine. Next band is on at ten o'clock. Curfew is at eleven. So each band gets about half an hour to play, 15-minute changeover, etc., so the last episode, I quickly played to the seven-song set list. I would, one of the seven-song set lists I would play at this stage. What I'm playing now is if I was playing a festival and had room for a 15-song set list. So what did I just play? Uh, that one. So next it goes... Uh, no, it goes... Your number, it's in the vein of LCD sound system or chromatics. After that, it's so as you can probably tell, we've got into a little bit of a chilled out part of the set. So the first Six songs are pretty propulsive, a lot of momentum, just keeps the crowd moving. Then with this one, the chill-out section of the set begins. The next one is a... I'm up in the ocean, you're down in the clouds. I'm out in the open, begging to be found. Played that a few times in here. That one has, again, the full arrangement ready. So that's one I could play. It's one I played last episode in the seven-song set list. Even that seven-song set list, not all of the songs on there have the full arrangement yet. So I've got a lot of work to do, and this just helps me to try and focus it. The next one would be... 
still kind of slow tempo but very big and dancey, etc. Then it would be a... faster part of the set again so we've had the the fast start slightly slower but rhythmic middle and now back to a bit of a more aggressive I guess third quarter maybe I don't even know so then it would be a and then keep it aggressive and then it's uh Distorted bass, which is always fun. And the last song. So of that, that was 15 songs. Of that set list, there's a... One... songs that have full arrangements and lyrics, all from the Midnight series. A lot of them aren't from the Midnight series. So I've got a lot of work to do to get to the point where I could actually play this set list. But at least I have a goal towards which I can work. That was fun. 15 songs. So the first six are pretty propulsive, kind of no to keep the crowd moving type of thing. Then 7, 8, and 9, slow it down a bit. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, pick it up again. And then 15 just ends in a big old sing-song. Or, because I'm thinking about it, if this was Reading Festival, Reading is a, like, there's two festivals, Reading and Leeds. Typically the band that plays Reading on Friday would play Leeds on the Saturday. 
So you could play the exact same set list again, or you could mix it up. And I wonder if maybe at Leeds I'd play this. <laughs> Apologies if me playing the distorted bass is a lot louder than the rest of this episode. It's just a lot of fun to play. So yeah, once again, those shows that I said were my favourites, or current favourites to watch on YouTube were Interpol Live at La Route du Rock 2001 by Brotherhood, Arctic Monkeys Transmit Festival 2018 by Natalia Mendez, Natalia spelled N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mendez M-E-N-D-E-S, then Reading Festival 2014, the 1975 on R1 Enemy Stage, posted by Reading Festival 2014. Wolf Alice Reading Festival 2018, full set HD, posted by P-More X21. LCD Sound System Live at Best Kept, Fest- Best Kept Secret Festival 2018 by B-Y-R-D-K-I-T-T-I, or Bird Kitty, I guess. Then Hot Chip, full set Pitchfork Paris 2013 by Pitchfork. Phoenix Culture Box, can't remember when or where, but it's by posted by Culture Box, one word. The 1975 at the O2 London, posted by Vivo, or posted by 1975 Vivo, I think it's the full show. The Strokes MTV $2 bill show, I couldn't find the full video for that, but just search for that, hopefully you will find it. MTV $2 bill show, for The Strokes. The 1975 stage on 6th, posted by Pace Magazine. And then honourable mention for Daniel Kirby, the YouTube channel that has a lot of videos of, I guess, both up-and-coming and just lesser-known artists playing lots of different venues in L.A., that's enough for me. I don't know if I'm late for tonight's open mic because when I'm recording, I can't see the clock. Oh, I'm on the verge of being late. I still... That one song, the one that goes... I've been wanting to play that live, but I still haven't gotten around to finishing lyrics for it, so I'll have to wait for another day. So I think I'll probably play the... live today as well as I don't know we'll see how it goes thank you very much for listening you can find me online by searching sad at saddest night out on twitter and instagram or sad you can email me saddest night out at gmail.com are there any shows that you really like to watch over and over and put your headphones on and almost pretend that you were there because you wish you could have been any shows coming up that you think I should check out etc etc and I have a patreon patreon.com forward slash saddest night out should you wish to contribute to the cause, I'm only asking for a pound or a euro or a dollar a month. Sorry this ended up being a longer episode, or should I be? I don't know. Maybe people enjoy listening to longer episodes of this. The thing is, because it's daily, I am concerned about how much time people have to listen to this. I always imagine, whenever I listen to podcasts, I listen to them at double speed. And it's when I'm walking to the train station or doing chores around the house, that kind of thing. That's why I thought a podcast would work better than something written because something written you have to stop whatever you're doing sit down and look at it also i'm very good at procrastinating to actually write and finish something but when you record it's right there in the moment and it just happens and you it can be a bit more passive you can be doing something else while you listen so i imagine it doesn't matter too much how long it is because you can just listen to it in the background while you're doing something else but maybe the longer episodes are a nuisance maybe you do prefer 15 minute episodes feel free once again to let me know message me email me etc etc I saw a meme, I think it was on Twitter, that talked about how some people, there's always some friends or some potential romantic partners, etc., who seem to always take two days to reply to a message. 
and I am very much guilty as charged of that crime. So I will try to actually engage with people that do send me messages. Not necess- I, don't, I haven't really had people send me messages because of the podcast, just in general, but I can be very bad at getting back to people. I'm working on it. Funnily enough, I've just started watching American Vandal on Netflix season one, and I'm on the episode where the quick synopsis of the show is that a crime happens in a school, and these two kids create this documentary series to try and figure out who did it. One kid has been accused, but they're wondering, is that the real culprit? And it's kids filming in the style of something like True Detective or one of those serious cop shows, but about a very silly and funny crime. And I just watched the episode where the person that's making the documentary has just started putting them up on the internet, and he's starting to get attention on Twitter, etc., and some popularity in the school. And it would be cool to get a moment like that with this podcast, but I, I'm not, I don't know when it will happen, I'll hold my breath, but it just would be cool. Anyway, thank you for listening. Here I am worrying about whether it's too long, and I'm going on and on, only making this episode even longer. So thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next one, and take care.